This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Ots and Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Prame. Eric Scopel is with me as always, and we're discussing some big breaking news that happened Thursday with Oregon playing their biggest non-conference game probably in, in program history at Austin Stadium. But before we dive into this one, I uh, want to remind people out there, if you are not a member of DuckTerritory.com and you don't have a VIP membership, today and for the next couple of days will be a great time to try us out and save a huge chunk of money in that process. You can sign up today for an annual membership and get it 60% off our, our normal pricing. Uh, huge deal there. You get billed $42.96 up front. Uh, that comes out to being $3.58 per month. Uh, huge savings. If you want to compare that to our monthly price, that that is almost $6.40 cheaper than our monthly price. So you're, you are saving a huge chunk of money by subscribing to uh, DuckTerritory.com's annual membership by taking advantage of the 60% off annual promo. And if you don't want to do an annual subscription and you just want to try us out for a month, you can join the site as well for as low as $1 for your first month and it goes up to $9.95. Huge savings there, inside access, expert analysis, read all the content across all 24-7 sports sites, not just ours, uh, and you get to join a great Oregon Duck football community. All right, Eric, um, Thursday, Thursday afternoon, Thursday morning-ish, late morning, um, the Pac-12 was, in Oregon in particular, were delivered some tough news when the Big Ten Conference announced that they were no longer playing non-conference games in football, and that basically wipes out the September 12th Oregon versus Ohio State, top 10 matchup, arguably the biggest non-conference football game in program history, right? I, I, I think Oklahoma, I think Michigan, and I think Tennessee are probably the three biggest – or Michigan State. I yeah, Michigan State deserves to be in there. Michigan State ahead of Tennessee. But those are the three biggest non-conference games in program history at Autzen. And I, I look at this game, this matchup, Oregon-Ohio State, and what it potentially was going to be. Two teams, playoff discussions, two historic programs. Uh, Ohio State obviously has, has a much richer tradition than Oregon does. But at the same time, you know, in the last 15 years or so, the Ducks have – kind of become a blue blood and this was two of the best programs the last 15 20 years in college football playing each other when they're both supposed to be in the top 10 when they're both supposed to be college football playoff discussion type teams and Ohio State certainly is and the the feeling around Eugene and the Oregon program is that the Ducks are also you know knocking on the door of becoming a national championship contender and this game now is wiped off the board and 
there's no other way to, to sum it up by saying it just it just sucks in terms of seeing this happen. Yeah. It, what else are you going to say at this point? It stinks. It's <laughs> I think if there's a silver line is it's it's not that surprising at this point. You know, this didn't this isn't a shocking decision given the way things have kind of gone in the direction sports in this country have been over the last couple of months. It doesn't lessen the blow any, but at least it, I felt like I was at least kind of prepared for this news. Whereas if for some other reason other than a pandemic, this game was canceled, like in late, you know, I guess in early July, I would be stunned and floored and frankly kind of like, what the hell is going on? But at least right now, at least at least there was an expectation that this was a possibility for a couple of months. It doesn't change anything. But yeah, this game is canceled. You go onto the GoDucks.com official schedule and the Ohio State game, it now says canceled next to it. And games with North Dakota State and Hawaii, I'm going to expect not too far from now, they say something similar. But, you know, in terms of the Oregon-Ohio State thing, I think just such a lost opportunity for Oregon, um, you know, this year and you were you think of the direction the program was going and the highs of the 2019 season and starting the 2020 season potentially with a big victory at home over a program like Ohio State and, and what that could have done long term short term just the trajectory that might have changed for the program of beating a program like that at home the recruiting benefits the way that impacts the national narrative and perspective of Oregon because like we talked about it, I think, right before Matt left on vacation. If, if Oregon's defense had gone out and performed really well against Ohio State's offense and Oregon wins that game, I think Oregon as a program and that defense in particular, it, like the perception changes. And, then, and now those type of things are no longer a possibility. So, it, yeah, it sucks. It stinks. There's no other way to say it. And uh, I guess we just look forward and hope that there's an opportunity for this game to be rescheduled at some point, which is, I know, something that the both schools are talking about doing already. Yeah, it is. There is good news in that Gene Smith, the athletic director at Ohio State, um, he has already reached out to Rob Mullins. And according to Rob Mosley of GoDucks.com, the in house reporter, when he released a statement, um, basically saying that I appreciate Gene Smith reaching out. This is Rob Mullins talking. I appreciate Gene Smith reaching out to share the Big Ten's announcement. We agree to have ongoing discussions about the options for rescheduling the Oregon home game in our series. And, Eric, we'll discuss um, possible dates of when this game could be played. But real quick, what is your confidence level – that this game gets rescheduled in any capacity it, because quite honestly i have my doubts i if i'm ohio state why do i want to go to eugene um and and play a team that every single year is gonna is the way it's they're trending is going to get tougher and tougher and tougher to play and this was the perfect time for you to play them because new quarterback new offensive line their program is still going through some reloading, if you will, of, of talent. And they're, you know, they're, they're, they've upgraded the talent, no doubt, from when this game was scheduled. But at the same time, the way Cristobal is progressing, they could be significantly better in 2022, in 2023, in 2024, in 2025. And it, it, so this was the perfect year if you were Ohio State to go to Eugene because of everything kind of set up. I just – Maybe it's just because of it's gloomy right now in, in, in college sports um, in terms of everything. Uh, I just have my doubts that, that this game even gets played. I think really good point you just made there, Matt, though. Just to start with, 
You're right. For Ohio State's perspective, this is probably the worst Oregon team, the worst version of an Oregon team they would face in the next four or five years, at least based upon the trajectory on it from a recruiting perspective of a just like Oregon basically breaking in a brand new quarterback on September 12th that they play this year. That would not be the case, I don't think, going forward. Um, maybe it would be down the line at some point, but the, certainly the dynamic would feel different. At the same time, I'm kind of wrestling with this. I, I, I don't know if Ohio State's like afraid of creating a rivalry with a school like Oregon that could be mutually beneficial down the line. Like I think, you know, and it's interesting because with, with the current college football playoff system, maybe it's not a huge benefit for Ohio State to play an Oregon and non-conference and potentially risk losing a game there. And, and that, as we saw from Oregon's perspective, that means you have to be perfect basically in conference play and Oregon was not able to do that this last year after losing to Auburn sort of a similar scenario maybe Ohio State feels that way I also think a program like Ohio State is so confident in itself and you saw that certainly from its fan base in how they talked about this game in the in the, in the months prior before it was canceled I just don't necessarily think they're going to look at Oregon at any point and say I don't want anything to do with that and I'm going to guess if next year's game and I'm expecting that game's still going to be played obviously in Columbus if that game is a really fun competitive football game and even if Oregon wins that game, I'm going to say Ohio state probably wants another shot at that mm-hmm. um, is my, in my perspective. I just think about Ohio state, but I also think you're right, Matt, in terms of like, we've seen how this stuff goes with Oregon with scheduling big non-conference games and they get canceled last second and they just never get replayed. So I, I guess you kind of have to be wary of that, but I'm probably more leaning on that. I think this game will be played at some point because I just don't see Ohio State being like, yeah, we don't want any more of this. Because I think it's a huge potential game for, for both programs to kind of develop some sort of – it's not quite bi-coastal because Ohio State's not on a coast, but at least different regions geographically in the country. There's certainly – I mean, there's a ton of monetary value of playing mm-hmm. this game. Um, I think the easiest solution to reschedule this in terms of just playing it quickly – would be playing a, a neutral site game as, as soon as possible. Um, but that takes away money that each school is going to make in-house. Um, it also is going to impact economically the communities because I would imagine that a huge group of Duck fans are going to travel to Columbus in 2021 and yep. will make a big impact locally there. Uh, on the Columbus economy, um, even more so because Ohio State already generates a ton of, of money for that area and that community. But you throw in a big game like this, and it's going to ramp things up even more, and vice versa for here in Eugene. Um, a lot of Ohio State fans were going to come to Eugene, and a lot of people outside of those fan bases were going to come to the Eugene for this game, and Duck fans were prepared to, to pay top dollar to be in, in the stadium for it. And so, you know, the universities are going to lose out on money if they don't play the neutral site games. But the issue that that pops up is both teams are pretty booked up in terms of conference, non-conference games for the foreseeable future. Ohio State has an opening, has two openings actually, in the year 2024. But the problem is, is they've already got a game at Washington on the schedule the second week of the year. I highly doubt that Washington or that with Ohio state is going to want to play two pack 12 teams on the road when they get three non-conference games. So 2024 is not going to work. Um, the next closest option for, for Ohio state is the 27th, uh, 2027. But again, they're playing Alabama at home. They're also playing at Boston college. 
highly difficult for the to see the the Buckeyes play three Power Five teams, two of which potentially being you know top twenty five caliber programs. That just doesn't make sense. Twenty twenty eight is the same deal. They play at Alabama. Don't see them adding an, another game on the road non conference at Oregon. Uh, and then 20, 2030, they they play at Georgia. They have an opening in twenty twenty nine in which they don't have any games scheduled in 2029. And you look at Oregon, this is where things get, get dicey. Oregon has an opening in 2029, but they're already playing at Michigan State. They're playing Utah State. Um, would Oregon be willing to basically play two Big Ten teams in the year 2029, one at home, one on the road, to ensure that they can get this game scheduled in? Um, Oregon has open date. The, Oregon's first open date right now on the schedule is 2027. They play at Baylor and they play Utah State. They don't have anything scheduled in 2031. Neither does Ohio State. So maybe that's um, the game in which, excuse me, Georgia or Ohio State's playing Georgia in 2031. So I, 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 I'm laughing over here. We're talking 10 years from now. now. Yeah, and, and that, this is where I'm going to go is – not to go too far down a rabbit hole, but I, I really think one thing I hope that comes out of when, we, when the country gets figured out and we know how to fight this virus and we get a cure and we get a vaccine and sports be resumed to, to normal instances, I really hope that we figure out a way that we, football eliminates this 12, 13 to, you know, year down the road scheduling policy. I, I don't understand why we have to schedule all these games so far out when college basketball can make a 13, 14, 15 game non-conference schedule in a matter of three or four months before the season starts. And in football, for whatever reason, they have to schedule these games, you know, 10 years out. Um, I, I certainly see the value in football scheduling, you know, two or three years out, four years out even. But beyond that, it's just, it, it, it's just comical um, to, to think about of how far out some of these games are. Um, and so maybe not to go too, too much on a tangent, but I, I kind of hope we kind of do away with this long-term scheduling policy that we see in football. Yeah. I, <laughs> you running through all that stuff, I'm going like, my, my gosh, the, yeah, there's no openings for like until I'm going to be like in my forties, like what's going like, <laughs> to be like, I don't know. I could have like kids in middle school by the time they play this game. Um, and, and, and what's going to have to happen though, is most realistically, I think Eric is Oregon and Ohio state. They're going to have to pick a date. Let's just say, um, 2020, 2025, they're playing Texas, Washington, Ohio state's playing Texas, Washington, and Yukon on the road, uh, all at home. I don't know what their conference schedule is like, if that's designed to have three at the same time at all times, but whatever. But, but they need to figure out, okay, we're not going to play Texas or we're, you know, at home. We're going to schedule that game maybe for 2028. And in 2025, we're going we're gonna to play at Oregon. And in 2025, Oregon comes out and says – sorry, Montana State, or sorry, Oklahoma State, we're going to have to play you in, in three or four years and, and move the contract there. It's going to take some negotiation of, of multiple teams, not just Oregon and Ohio State, I think. They're going to have to, they're going to, have to basically get out a, a previously contracted game 
if they want to play this in, in the, the near future at all. And I, I think just, and this is totally hypothetical, I, part of me wonders if, given the bizarre circumstances of this, if the NCAA gives some sort of exemption for like a fourth non-conference game for, for some schools or something. Like these, this game was going to be such a huge monetary advantage for Ohio State and Oregon. And to see it removed, I would think the NCAA would, I mean, considering the fact the NCAA has allowed, you know, all senior sports, or sorry, spring sports still allow their seniors a, a fifth year, basically, well, this spring. Um, I'm sure they'll look at doing similar things this fall if, again, I'm not, we're not saying the season's not going to be played, but if something happens, I would just wonder if they're going to be able to find some way to get creative to basically say, these games in 2020, some of these marquee ones that aren't going to be played, let's allow these schools to play a fourth game or some sort of creative way, or maybe they just – Maybe you have some cool marquee game before the marquee weekend before the bowl schedule. And in December, there's like a a slate of the six best non-conference games that were scheduled for 2020 that just all get played in the post. You know, I don't know. All this stuff is hypothetical, but I just, this game needs to be played sooner than five years is my stance, I guess. And I would just hope you could find some creative way to maybe you do like an opening you know jamboree in august where the games count or maybe they aren't maybe they don't count but you just find a way for this game to be played because i just think five years feels like a long time to wait but maybe that's the way things are meant to be yeah maybe maybe the maybe the the, the ncaa could i mean if we really want to get kooky and funky out there maybe the ncaa and could say in the next two years you're allowed to play 13 regular season games four non-conference games and you can pick one of those four non-conference games to not count towards your bowl eligibility. There you so, go. you know, for, you know, Oregon could play Ohio state and just say, we're playing this game. It's it. And it's going to be a clash where there's going to be an, a final one team's going to win. One team's going to lose, but it, it's up to that team. And this is, it's really crazy where it probably doesn't make sense, but Oregon could theoretically go into that game saying, we're going to play this game, but it's not going to count towards our schedule. I don't know, Matt. And we're both throwing out these kooky ideas here, but I, <laughs> I think basically we're both at the point of like, let's get creative to make this game work before we're both like in our mid forties. Cause, and, and some of those listening are, you know, older than that even, cause it just seems like this game needs to be played. And if it's played in, even you're suggesting mid to mid 2020s, that feels too long for me at least. Yeah. It, there's just going to be, it, it just stinks o- yeah. overall. Um, now, Real quick, let's let's take a quick break, and when we come back, this news from an on-the-field perspective could actually benefit Oregon significantly during the 2020 football season. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, welcome back to the Ots and Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Bream. Eric Scopel is with me as always, and we teased it at the break, but Eric, I, I think this, this outcome of canceling the Ohio State coming out and canceling the Ohio State-Oregon game is significant news for the Ducks for multiple reasons because Oregon now has an 11-game schedule, and I can't see a game in which they are not going to be the favorites the rest of the way, and so much so the ESPN has already updated their – FPI projections and they are saying Oregon will be a favorite in all 11 remaining games. And so what that means is let's just, let's just go with the assumption. And I think real quick, I don't want to gloss over this too much, but I think you and I both agree that while we're not reporting this, we kind of are expecting the PAC 12 to follow suit with the big 10 and cancel non-conference games. And we think, I think personally, I'm not going to speak for you on this one, but I personally think, all the schools are going to do this. We're not going to see non-conference games um, be played in college football during the 2020 season, uh, at least in the fall. And so I think if Oregon plays nine conference games, maybe they play 10 conference games. I think, I think there's, there isn't a game on the schedule now that Oregon shouldn't be the favorite going in, setting up a situation in which if we do get a college football playoff, Oregon's chances just to make that playoff just significantly skyrocketed up, in my opinion. Matt, you made that point on Slack on uh, on Thursday, shortly after the news with Ohio State was made, and I was admittedly like, "You're right. Maybe this is really good short-term news for Oregon. Um, if somehow we do have a full season played this fall, and it is non-conference, and I do agree with you, Matt, in terms of like, I, I, I just." The Big Ten did this first. They're not going to be the last to do this. And I'm going to be probably almost more surprised if there are schools still playing some non-conference games and conference. Yeah. Then there are going to be that, you know what I mean? Like it just is yeah. likely that that's what play, takes place. So we're on the same page there. And I think, yeah, I think, and it will be interesting to see what the Pac-12 does or what other conferences do. I mean, do you play your traditional nine game schedule and you could extend it and you could have every school play every school this year and extend it to an 11 game schedule. Um, and you'd have be pretty close to a full regular season, at least with, um, which is an improvement. So I don't know if they'll go that route, but I think regardless of who Oregon plays, they're the best team in the Pac-12. And you, we talked about the way the schedule played out before. And the, the big thing for us with maybe the biggest obstacles for Oregon's college football playoff run was Ohio State and North Dakota State and Hawaii in that first part of the season of like, it's just a gauntlet. And it's three consecutive weeks to start a season where you're playing really, really good football teams. And obviously North Dakota State's not a power five, even an FBS program, but that's a school that's won almost 40 consecutive games. And Hawaii won nine games last year and beat Oregon State and Arizona. So these are good non-conference games. But if those are removed, absolutely, this is big for Oregon. Um, I think Ohio State was undoubtedly the best team they played on the schedule. Yep. Uh, North Dakota State's probably the fourth or fifth best game, in my mind, that they would have played on the schedule. Maybe it's sixth or seventh, but still, would have, they're, they're better probably than some of these Pac-12 games, in my mind. So I think this is huge for Oregon in terms of setting them up. <clears throat> and I think it's just going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. And maybe, maybe, maybe the opportunity to see Oregon-Ohio State ends up being in some sort of college football playoff 
um, at the end of the season, even though it wouldn't be in Eugene, it would still be some sort of neutral site game. And maybe that's the way this plays out. And at least we get to see these two teams play just a little bit later than we expected. And that would be, in that instance, that would be even beneficial for Oregon because I would much rather see Oregon go through a season totally. through all the, the bumps and, and bruises and, and speed blocks that they have to overcome of, you know, replacing so many starters from key spots on the offensive side of the football that by the end of the year, in theory, they should be clicking on all cylinders and playing their best football and presents a better chance for them to beat a, a team like Ohio State. Now, Ohio State's going to go through that same growth. And, and you have to wonder who has the bigger ceiling. But I think, I, I think Oregon has the, the higher potential to, to drastically improve themselves uh, than Ohio State does. But that's just because Ohio State is, is supposed to be really, really good already. Like, I, yeah. I think Oregon could get to that level, but they're not. And so it, it would take – I just think, I think Oregon will, will have bigger leaps and, and gains than, than Ohio State will just because they're a little bit further behind where Ohio State currently is at. So that would, that would be beneficial for the Ducks as well. And I, I, just, I, I really think this sets Oregon up where if we get a college football playoff or maybe we get some kind of a bowl game scenario – um, Oregon all of a sudden has positioned themselves where they, they might be perfect through the regular season. And the, the chances, you know, the ESPN FBI is, is agreeing with that. Um, very, very, very interesting news there. Um, now, what would your thoughts be? Like, let's just go down this rabbit hole a little bit. If the, the conferences across the board eliminate non-con, some conferences play eight, some conferences play nine, in, in, in games, I think, and I think John Wilner is the one that, that kind of came up with this idea. Um, I was reading a couple of them across the board yesterday on Thursday, but I think there's some good discussion of maybe everybody playing 10 conference games. So Oregon would have to play one more team from the Pac-12 South division. Um, they are currently playing Colorado Arizona, USC, Arizona State. So that would mean uh, Oregon could play UCLA or Utah. And I believe, if I'm right, it would be a road game. Um, one, two, three. No, it would be a home game. So you'd yeah, be, you'd They should be getting, get another home game. Yeah, you'd be getting a, an extra home game. Um, it, it, you'd be playing a Utah or a UCLA on, on the docket, which makes sense to me. Um, I... And then I think maybe starting the season like normal on September 26th, the, the, the fourth Saturday in September, and maybe you, you push the, the, um, non the, the Pac-12 championship game back a week or maybe even two weeks, and you give yourself a couple extra buys to have makeup games. Maybe something happens where going into the California game on October – 17th both teams are dealing with with some positive cases and they're able to maybe shift that game down and they don't forfeit it and they shift it to maybe like the, the third week in november where it's a bye week and it's a, it's a makeup week for any game that that potentially has been canceled and then you have another makeup game um first week of december where the championship game right now is um, so maybe you, you build in three bye weeks during the season and 
you, you, you've got the, these kind of makeup dates. And if you don't have to make up, have a makeup date, you just get a bye week Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting to see how this all comes together. And uh, I mean, like personally, like, I don't think many people listening would be opposed to adding a Utah game at home to the schedule here. Right. I mean, that's, that was a great, that's been, I don't should say it's developed into a great rivalry because the teams have both kind of fluctuated, but two of the more marquee programs, obviously they met in the Pactual championship last year, probably be fun to have those teams play. They weren't scheduled to be played. Um, probably adds a little bit more to that season. And yeah, I think it's going to be just really fascinating to see how we, all this plays out. Like, so theoretically, Matt, would you prefer a Utah game on the front end or the back end? I mean, you, you like September 26, starting with Colorado, or would you prefer they start a little earlier? Um, if you're going to, let's just actually, let's say September 19th is, is the start. Let's just use Oregon's schedule as the base for everybody. Okay. September 19th is the start of the season. You play three games. So I think Oregon would open against Utah or UCLA, um, on September 19th. They would then travel to Colorado on the 26th. And then on the 3rd of October, they play the Washington Huskies. Saturday, October 10th is the first bye week for the Pac-12. And any game, you know, uh, those first three games need to be made up. And then I think you, know, you, you play at California on the 17th. You play Stanford on the 24th. You play at Arizona on the 31st. The USC game maybe gets bumped down a spot. Instead of being played on the 7th, it's played on the 13th because – November 7th becomes the second week in which we now have makeup dates and you then play USC. Then you play ASU. Then you play at Washington state. You then play at Oregon state and on uh, the, the championship, the PAC 12 championship game would then be played like December 13th, maybe December 20th. Maybe you push it back two weeks that you, after the fourth, um, you on, on December 5th, maybe that's another makeup date. And all of a sudden now you've, you've, you've gotten three bye weeks. I, I think that's also going to help and please coaches because you get more practice time and kind of maybe adding some of those lost spring practices into the schedule. Do we just invent a better way to schedule college football? <laughs> <laughs> Cause like I'm listening to this kind of going like, I don't really hate this idea in general of like from a one-time standoff. It works pretty good. It's not bad. And I like the concept of having a couple breaking up the season into three sections, basically. And then you have your traditional postseason game or championship game sometime in December. Um, and then who knows what we're going to be seeing in terms of postseason after that with bowl games, with college bowl playoff. I think that's, I mean, we're being hypothetical with this scenario. We'd have to be even more hypothetical with the other, with one that would start, but obviously what we've outlined, what we've kind of outlined right there sort of changes the timeline, probably hard to get some Jan one typical traditional new year's bowl games like the Rose bowl. But I think it's cool. I, I think that wouldn't be a bad way to go about doing it this year. If all of this comes together, um, it sets up the schedule nice into chunks like that. I think for, from an Oregon perspective, it probably makes the season even a little bit more, I shouldn't say easier, but it, it lessens the burden a little bit where you get a bye week before you play USC, you get a bye week before you play Cal. Those are probably two of, or maybe, maybe the two best. Those are the two toughest games on the schedule. And that sets up pretty nicely. So um, I'm not kidding when I'm saying like, I think, I think the PAC 12 and all these conferences owe it to themselves to take a look at this long term of like, what's the best way of scheduling this. And maybe it really should be a 10 game 
conference schedule for all these power five conferences. And, and that's just the way it should be. And, and I know obviously you have all of these non-conference uh, schedules that are all set out. So that probably eliminates that possibility, but I like it. I think it makes sense to play 10 conference games if you can in a conference, which I'm pretty sure all of them have the capacity to do right now. Um, with the exception of maybe the big 12, because I think they might only have 10 teams. They have, they have, yeah, they have 10. So, and maybe it's in that regard, you play your rival twice. Sure. Maybe that's the easiest way to, to do it. And if, 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 and I don't know, I'm not even going to speculate on the possibility of this happening, but if, if fans are allowed into the, into the stadium, that way you at least have some kind of high demand. Like if, if, Oregon got, let's just say they, they played 10 games and they, they say, okay, we're going to play, you're going to play Oregon State at Reeser Stadium and you're going to get Oregon State at home. At least there's some draw of like the fan base, will, will, there, will be, there will be a draw of I'm going to go watch, you know, even at socially distance, I'm going to go watch Oregon play Oregon State at home or Washington against Washington State at home. I don't think there's any doubt there'd be a huge draw. And that's another thing that we can talk about at some point here, but of, of how all this works from a actual fans in the stadium perspective. Um, but yeah, I don't think you're wrong on that at all. I, I think the demand for these games goes up even higher if there is limited number of opportunity to, to see these teams play. And I wonder how this is going to play out. And I'm sure there are so many fans listening as we're season ticket holders going like, what the heck happens with my season tickets? Yeah, that's going to be another one is how quickly do they get the refunds? Do they, do they get refunded? I mean, right now, athletic departments across the country are trying to find any kind of way to generate revenue. And, and from an Oregon perspective, I mean, the hottest ticket ever just got pulled off the schedule. And, I mean, that's going to be I – mean, I think Oregon is safe to say that they are – they are better off than a lot of schools in the PAC 12 from a financial standpoint because yep. of how their athletic department is, has been ran. Um, but no, no, make no mistake about it. There really isn't any school in the country that can just say, we don't, we don't need to make up this, this lost revenue in any way. Cause we can, we can, we can survive. I mean, Stanford just cut a bunch of sports this week and we may not, and they're, they're not the only school to do this. You know, we're seeing schools across the country cut sports because and cut administrative positions and and cut travel. You know, instead of staying at a hotel, Oregon State did this. They said they're no longer staying at hotels the day of a home, the night before a home game because they they can't afford to do that. So there isn't a school out there that can just look at it losing their their top game on the schedule and just say that no big deal financially. We'll, we'll be able to make it up in other ways. So maybe playing, you know, getting a guaranteed game against your a rival of yours at home could help soften the blow a little bit. Yeah, there's there's going to be have to be. I think there, there's so much that's has to be sorted out through here, and I feel like we would need to like do a forty five hour podcast to, uh, to to deal with all of it. But certainly, from a home game perspective, for schools losing significant non conference games. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. 
Okay, that's going to do it for us on this Friday edition of the Odds and Audibles podcast. Really appreciate you guys checking in on the show, listening to us. Uh, consider subscribing to DuckTerritory.com if you aren't. We are offering a 60% off promotion right now off our annual membership. Saves you a huge chunk of money by subscribing annually. And as of right now, it looks like, you know, we're still playing football. Um, recruiting is at an all-time high. That will continue even with or without games being played. And you want to make sure you're in the know on, on all things the Oregon Ducks. So highly consider doing that if, if you are not a subscriber. And if you are, thank you. We, we, we have to say that. We can't say that enough. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you for subscribing right now to DuckTerritory.com. For Eric Scopel, myself, Matt Prem, you've been listening to the Austin Audible's podcast. We'll talk to you later. Talk to you later, fellas. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.